everybody, and welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast. I'm Bill. I'm JC. And we have a fun week here to talk about, but before we do that, I want to thank Kevin McLeod for uh, letting us use one of his songs as our theme song for the show. Uh, you can check out his music at Incompetech.com, where you can download thousands of songs for free, just as long as you give him the credit that you used his songs. And uh, JC, Perfect. Yeah, JC, you'll hear it at the beginning uh, when you download the show. This week, uh, there's a couple of football games going on. You know, they're, they're, they're a little bit important. You know, it, they're, no big deal there. Uh, no big deal. Plus, uh, hockey news and baseball. Plus, we're going to discuss our favorite sports moments from the last decade, since we didn't get a chance to do that. And let's, you know what, usually we start with football, but I want to start with baseball this week, because boy, has this been a fun week for baseball. <laughs> oh. It has, it has been, and you know, it took the national spotlight right off the uh, college, college football national game, mm -hmm. the NFL, NFL, the NBA, everybody's been talking about this, and it just keeps getting better and better as the week, week rolled on. Yeah, it really did. Um, unless you've been living under a rock this week, um, the punishment came down and, uh, of the, the sign stealing, and... Originally, the general manager and the manager of the Houston Astros were going to be suspended for a full year. The Astros also got fined $5 million and were lost draft picks. And for those who don't know how draft picks work in baseball... Basically, they're like the equivalent to a sticker. Meaning, you could use a sticker anytime, you could peel them off. Draft picks in baseball aren't as important as they are in baseball, or, or I mean in football and hockey and basketball. They really aren't, yeah. because everybody gets picked. Then... Yeah, and, uh, and the biggest thing with the draft picks... Is right. right. You're not, You're not now. That's money that Houston's saving by not signing their first and second. Yeah, that's right. very. They can go after some high school kids in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, right? right? Mm -hmm. Guys who might go to college, right? That exactly. other teams will shy away with. So, right. you know, they're going to save at least two million. Think about it, right? Right off the hop, mm -hmm. from their five million dollar fine. Yeah, they're not going to lose that much. No. Then, the owner of the Houston Astros dropped a bombshell not even two hours after the announcement, firing both A.J. Hirsch as manager and the general manager. So they are both without a job. So, you know, we could, uh, if you wanted to, we could move to Houston. We could run this team. Well, I, there was no doubt we could run that team, you know. Uh, I just haven't been called yet for my interview, so... Uh, I already put my resume in. We'll see if they, uh, we'll see what they say. All right. So, you know, after that, it's like, well, okay, we're, we're probably done with that. Well, it gets better. Because the next day, the Boston Red Sox and their manager, Alex Cora, who was tied into the situation, stepped down as manager of the Boston Red Sox because of this situation. And then the following day, Carlos Beltran, who was the only player named in this report, he and the Mets agreed for him to step down as the manager of the Mets, and he had not coached a game yet. No, and, and you know what the... The Beltron one, the, what a, what a way to go as a Met, right? You left your bat on the shoulders and that decisive game there in the playoffs, and now you don't even get a chance to manage, <laughs> you know. And they only went after him as a player because, you know what, the union can't protect him. Right. 
That's, That's the only reason, reason why, why they went at him. Why he's, he's the only player, player named, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole other thing during the week as well, where there was an investigation where they were looking into if there were like electric signals, buzzers, any kind of thing that would help the Astros. And they came to the conclusion that there wasn't any. But now, after a recent poll came out that the fans want players from the Astros to be punished, I'm wondering if we're at the end of this, or have we just t- you know touched the tip of the iceberg? I think we're just touching the tip of the iceberg because not only fans, players all week are have been chiming in from you know from Clevenger to Bauer to Crickchick uh, there. Uh, it's been interesting, right? And now you know you have Burner Count supposedly saying Trout was on HGH, and you know Alex Wood. Woods comes out and says, I'd rather face a guy who's on steroids and who's on throwing at him. And the fact, I mean, put it this way, right? And as a Canadian, right, I know some, Americans hate to lose. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's true. Right? But, but Americans hate more is to be cheated out of a win. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's why Yankee fans, Dodger fans, uh, you know, you name it, that's why they're mad. And I think that's why a lot of fans are mad, right? It's not the fact that they cheated, right? It's the fact that they cheated and they won. And they cheated the Dodgers out, the Yankees out, you know? So it's going to it's gonna be huge, I think. It's, there's going to be lots coming down, I believe. I think the Dodgers might have the best gripe to be upset. Because they were in two of the last three World Series one of which, the one with Houston, went to a seventh game, which they could have won. They could have won that game. Yep. And they have every right to be upset because, you know, if they don't steal the signs, who knows? Maybe we're talking the Dodgers, you know, were world champions and could be, you know, they could have won two in a row before losing this past season. It's very possible. Yep. And, and, you know, I mean, and on that second World Series that they lost to Boston, Boston right, I think Cora's going to be banned for If he finds that he did anything like this, back-to-back, I think he'll be banned for life. See, I'm not... I don't think he'll be allowed back in the... You know, because it's... Like I said, this is hit... This is a bombshell, right, that they hit on... And they did on Monday, of all things, with the... With the, the college football playoff national championship being all of a sudden this game, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have like you, you know, uh, Blackjack McDowell came out and said that, you know, the White Sox did it, and I mean, Friars came out there because now he's pitching in Oakland, right? What do you think he's going to, you know? Yeah, there's this code of silence, but I, it's, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's it, it's interesting you mentioned fires because there's a really good article uh, from CBS Sports a couple days ago where the writer, R.J. Anderson, says that fires should be commended, not condemned, for what he did. And I think he's yeah. absolutely right. I mean, because if, you know, if he doesn't, because he was on the 2017 team that won the world title. So let's say, you know, he doesn't say anything uh, a few months ago. We would not be having this conversation today. We would not have three vacancies less than a month before the beginning of spring training. And I think he should be, I really think he should be commended because here... And I don't want to push the whole, this is for the kids kind of thing, but I'm going to do it here. This is a valuable lesson in life, folks, which is tell the truth. Tell the freaking truth. Yep. Now, I don't, ex- I don't, I don't imagine, imagine in seven years, years old, like, Friars back to a uh, 
World, World Series reunion. Oh, no. <laughs> out in well, Houston, if, right? If they if they still have the title, because now do you wonder could could they strip the Astros of the of the championship? I I don't I don't see it happening. I, I, I can't see it happening either. It just you can't, can't I, I, right? But, but you, know you know what? If it gets big enough and enough people complain, complain Major League Baseball might say, you know what? Maybe we have to go that route, right? To keep. At the, At the end of the day, you got to keep the fans and the businesses happy, happy right? right? You know, if sponsors and all that start talking about it, then they can be like, oh, well, okay, maybe we need to... I mean, how do you put a stamp on that you can't get away with it? That's it, right? You're done. Champ has been stripped. Now, you know, now you can't be on the World Series champ. No, you're not. Right. And, and I just brought up the Houston Astros schedule, schedule right? Mm-hmm. They start at home against the Angels for four games, yeah. and then they go to Oakland for. I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get booed. There's going to be pitches high, and all all season long, I think there's going to be pitches up and in, and right. Like every road game that they're going to have this year, they are going to get tarred and feathered by the fans. Yep. They're going to get yep. destroyed. Yep. And it's going to be hilarious to watch. I mean, you know, especially in Texas and in Oakland and in Seattle, right? And Anaheim there. You know? who, did the, who did the Astros... I'm going to look at this real quick. Who the Astros have in interleague this year. Because if they have to go to L.A. to play the Dodgers, that's going to be must-see TV. Well, it looks like they got the Mets. Okay, they got the Mets, Tampa. Oh, no, that's American League. I'm sorry. Diamondbacks, but I think that's their rival game. Mets, Arizona. They got the... Oh, no, that's American League. See, I keep... I'm forgetting that the Astros are American League. They're not National League anymore. Nope. Uh, Well, they got Washington... For three games in July, so that's oh, that's gonna be great. Oh, um, oh yeah, Washington. Woo. So yeah, so then they got Philly, and oh, then they have to go to Philly. Or no, Philly would be coming there. That they got a break not having to go to Philly. I think. Oh God. Or are they going to Philly? <laughs> yeah, those Philly fans would tear them apart, and they and they finished oh, yeah. the year in Atlanta. So, yeah, so Philly will be coming there. The Mets are going there. I think the Nationals might actually be the most brutal. The Marlins, yeah, they go to Florida. And I'm probably going to be away on vacation, too, for that. Doggone it. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it'll be be must-watch TV, just like... You know, you know for, for, for a little bit, bit I you know, it's going to be interesting, I think. It's not, not the home games, games, but, you know, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, there's going to be some fireworks. fireworks. It's too bad Bauer uh, with Cincinnati there, there isn't playing them this year. Right. But I think that would be that would be great. And those players better be, you know, when it if if uh, Bregman goes, that's 260, 260 270, you know, 250, 260, 270. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you know, I mean, I mean fans will be all over it. Like, like this, this is going to, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. There's some excitement. And, you know, for me, there's always excitement in baseball. But, this particular man, time, is, though, <laughs> you know, it's a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's switch gears. We're going to stay in baseball. Uh, Tuesday is the... Ba- the Baseball Writers Association, they're going to announce their class for the Baseball Hall of Fame 2020. And we have put a poll up over the last few days of if you had a vote, who would you vote in for the Hall of Fame? Of course, we kept the rule the same, where you could vote for up to 10 players if you wanted to. Yep. As of this recording, uh, Derek Jeter is the unanimous uh, first choice, pretty much. Larry Walker is second. I'm, I'm not surprised with Walker getting a lot of support here. 
Uh, then it gets a little interesting because Roger Clemens is third, Kurt Schilling is fourth, and then we have a three-way tie for fifth with Manny Ramirez, Andy Pettit, and Andrew Jones. Um, other players getting votes to mention, Barry Bonds, Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, Josh Beckett, and Cliff Lee. Now, I saw your votes a little earlier, JC, and I believe you voted for three players, am I correct on that? I, I voted for three there. there. I didn't want Clemens, Clemens with the HGH, HGH I think. I mean, I mean, once, once Clement, Clement, Clement gets in, in, then you need Bonds in, you need Pettit in, you need all those guys, guys right? Mm -hmm. I went with Jeter. I mean, obviously, right? He's getting in. And, and I mean, I think it could be a 100% vote for him. Right. Uh, Walker, he's paid his dues. And I think, you know, he's slowly crept up. And I think Schilling, just the way that he played throughout his career, I liked it. You know, I mean, I would have went, I could have went with Omar Vizquel as well. All right. You know, you know if, if I had, had you know, if I had another, another like, I would have for sure, sure put four in. That would be my four, four anyways. Yeah. I haven't done my video yet. I'll probably do it tomorrow. But I'm just going to tell you guys who I will vote for. And if I, you know, vote for any more, you'll get it in the video. Um, obviously, I'm voting for Jeter. I, I can't deny the guy. I, I just can't. I hate the Yankees. Everyone knows that, but... Jeter was the captain of the Yankees. He was the fake. Yep. Never, never cheated. Never did anything bad. You know, um, his dating life, you know, I mean, I, I had a picture years ago. And if I get it up on my Facebook again, I'll post it so you can see it, JC. It was his starting lineup of women he dated while he was in New York. Um I, I, uh -huh. God, I hope it comes up soon. I want to post that. But show. you know what? He never got married. He just did it, you know, so the way he went, right? Yeah, it wasn't until, I think, after he got, after he retired that he finally retired. got married. Yep. And it was uh, Hannah Davis who did those direct TV commercials with that talking horse. Yep. Yeah, that, he just, you know. wonder how that horse <laughs> is doing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also agree with you. I'm going to go Larry Walker. Um, he really was the man that put the Rockies on the map, you know, without him, who knows if the Rockies are even mentioned in the nineties, to be honest with you. I mean, they've sort of fallen since, you know, their one world series appearance in 07. So, you know, it's almost like, what are they doing yeah. now? And, and they're, they're retiring his number, I believe, this year, too, yeah, in April, they are. Colorado. Yeah. Um, That's good. I'm also going to give a vote to Kurt Schilling. Uh, despite, you know, his political thoughts, which we're not going to bring up here on the show, he was a fantastic pitcher on multiple teams. Philadelphia, Arizona, where he and Randy Johnson brought a world championship there. And then Boston, you can't say Schilling and Boston without mentioning the Bloody Sock. Um, yeah, and he was a horseback man, right? He just kept grinding, right? Yeah. So, you know. So he would get my vote. And the last vote for now, because I got to, like, like I said, I got to go through everybody and see who, if anybody else gets a vote. Omar Vizquel gets a vote for me. He has to me the numbers, the career numbers to get into Cooperstown, and I do think he will get in. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not, but he has, to me, the numbers to say, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer, and I really think he is. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. He was, man, he was smooth on the field. Mm -hmm. and, All right, you, mm -hmm. and with Larry Walker, <coughs> this is his final year on the ballot, no matter what. If he gets in, he gets in. If he doesn't get in, he'll go to the Today's Game Era committee, which will vote in a couple years, and that will more than likely be his way into getting into Cooperstown. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think he'll okay. get in this yeah, year. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I think know. so, too. I paid his dues. Mm -hmm. and, the, oh. and the announcement will be made Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, which would be, I believe, 3 o'clock. 
over on the west Pacific. coast. Yeah, Pacific. Yep. yep. So yep. we'll get to find out. Will we have a second player with a unanimous uh, selection? We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, and one last thing about baseball before it goes, I watched the I watched the uh, one-hour video of the Cleveland Indians in the nineties. And man, it was sad at the end when they went up against the Florida Marlins. They're up in the ninth. They're taping up their their uh, stalls. They had the champagne, right, stuff like that, and they ended up losing. Yeah. You know, it was. Uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to see it, it, it was interesting, actually. So, um, want to stick with the Hall of Fame real quick because a couple days ago. And I'm sort of surprised this story didn't break out as much as I think it should have. There was a report that came out. And when you hear this, you're going to scratch your head and you're going to be like, well, shouldn't they have done this anyway? Major League Baseball is considering, and it's probably going to happen more than likely, any person on the banned for life list that is dead will be no longer on the list. Mm. Again, you would think, oh, well, wouldn't that happen anyway? Um, well, the Baseball Hall of Fame, they talked about it, and we had a direct quote from John Shestakovsky. Wow, I can't believe I got that one right. Um, basically saying... Any player on Major League Baseball's ineligible list will not be considered for induction into the Hall of Fame, even after the banned individual's death. Uh, a direct quote from John Shestovsky says, This designation remains in place after an individual's passing. This rule became official in 1991 to where Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame both agreed to, you know, combine the two saying, if you're on our band list, you're not going to be on our ballot for the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. my question to you is this. And again, you know, this is going back to the cheating. If, will we ever see the Baseball Hall of Fame budge and accept that ruling from Major League and say, you know what? We'll let these dead people get their chance to be elected in the Cooperstown. Hmm. Well, I mean, really, I guess we'd have to look at the list to see who would actually be, who would even be eligible to go in there. Well, I mean, the right. I think Pete Rose, I guess, when he passes away, will be should be a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the big one for me is Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, that's and it's, one. And you know, and you should, if you ever get a chance, if you haven't yet, just read up on him. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. Like, like they said, you know, he did take money, but yeah, but they said that he was illiterate and that he was, you know, just a humble kid from the south, and you know, so it's it's actually an interesting read, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all the people that from that. That was that, that 1919 team? Yep. I mean, if, he had, if anyone had a shot, it would be him going in and probably Pete Rose going in. And I think that'd be it. And the thing I'd have to look at the list. Yeah, and the thing with, you know, the with Joe Jackson was if he did, you know, if they ever did decide to lift it, which sounds like they're not, the next... Uh, Hall of Fame voting period, Joe Jackson would have been in the early era committee and probably would have been a finalist. Yeah. So, but the Hall of Fame is like, no, we're going to take our stance. If you were banned, you're banned here. And yep. that's the way it is. Um, maybe down the line they'll change their mind about that. But We'll have to wait and see. That yeah, was interesting to, to, to read up, up on that, though. 
So, so once you're dead, dead you're off the list. list. I mean, well, yeah. you know. I mean, that's that should be pretty obvious, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. But, but I, you know, pitchers and catchers, what reports, was it the 13th, 12th well, here in February, so we got less than, what is it, about 16, 20 days? About. Uh, right, so it's right, right up upon us, and we'll be talking lots of baseball. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we'll be getting ready for it. Yep. Um, let's move to football. Uh, we got the AFC and NFC championship games today. Tennessee and Kansas City is the early game. Green Bay and San Francisco is the night game. Both are going to yep. be very competitive games. Yep. Um, going to bring up. See what the weather's going to be like in Kansas City. Oh, it's cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to be running game. as cold or colder than last week. Is it going to be cold as it was up here last week? We were at minus 40 degrees Celsius. Which, oh, no, it's minus 8 degrees Celsius. In ah, that's T-shirt weather. <laughs> minus 8 degrees Celsius? What's that in Fahrenheit? Uh, 19 degrees. Oh, T-shirt weather. <laughs> like I said, we were like, we were even colder. They said than some places. They said on Mars or something. Yeah, so cold it was up here. <laughs> um, winds are going to be at seven to eleven miles per hour, but it's going to yeah. be a sunny sky. That's that's the big thing. There's going to be no rain, no snow, no sleet. Just oh. clear weather football. Well, she's going to be running. And for the, sure. In the NFC game, the weather's not going to really play a factor because they're in San Francisco. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that Aaron Rodgers redemption game right there. Yeah. Being picked over by the Niners years ago in the draft. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to both. Like, we both have Kansas City. I think we picked to make it to the Super Bowl, so I'm riding the Kansas City train wave. Yeah, I mean, you've been on it from the beginning of the year. You may as well stay on it, you know? Yep. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Kansas City winning that game, but I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee won. Nope, I wouldn't either. Uh, it's... Uh, the way Henry's carrying that team right now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're taking the ball out Tannehill's Hill's arm there, right? So, you know, and that defense has been ferocious. And, you know, let's see what they do against Kansas City offense. I mean, last week with Houston up, what, 24 nothing, and then again, absolutely blowing out of, the, out of the stadium. So, I mean, you can't count out. I mean, yeah, you can have a great defense, and you have a couple slips. Kansas City's up. Now Tannehill has to throw. Right? It, it must have felt deja vu for the the Houston fans last week. Yeah. Because, you know, going up 24 nothing, and then you lose basically by 20 points. That that was crazy. It really was. Oh, it, it was not. I was just, I was, I was, I was like, what? <laughs> Um, who do you have for the NFC? I, I have, I'm, I'm going with Green Bay. Bay. I, you know what, surprisingly, I'm going with Green Bay as well, too. Um, it's not because of anything against San Francisco. I think San Francisco's a good team. But Jimmy Garoppolo's never been in this situation. Rodgers has. I mean, I, I can't go against Rodgers right now. I really can't. Nope. nope. So we'll see what happens there, folks. If they had a different quarterback, or if Jimmy G has been in there before like that, mm -hmm. then I, I would I probably would leave to San Fran. But, you know, they, and they start getting pressure on him, and, you know, we see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, now, also during that previous weekend, the Pro Football Hall of Fame slowly, but eventually on Wednesday, announced their centennial 
uh, class, the Centennial Slate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because it is the 100th anniversary of the yep. of the national or of the National Football League, and 15 people were announced to go in. Um, and well, I'll just go through them. Uh, the coaches were Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher. No problem with either one of those, so I'm yep. done with that. Uh, contributors, Steve Sable, who was part of NFL Films, which, you know, if you haven't watched an NFL film, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, Paul Tagliabue, commissioner of the NFL for a long, it felt like a long time. And George Young, who was a general manager for many teams, most notably the New York Giants of the 1980s. And the senior players that probably were close, never got in, well, now they're going in. Harold Carmichael, Jim Covert, Bobby Dillon, Cliff Harris, Winston Hill, Alex Karras, Donnie Shell, Duke Slater, Max Speedy, and Ed Sprinkle all going in. Congratulations to all of them. And I'm actually glad that Eric Alex Karos is finally going in. Uh, he freaking deserved it. I mean, he was a heck of a football player. And then he ended up having a second successful career as an actor. I mean, he was the dad on Webster. But to me, his one immortal role is as Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Yep. I mean, any time you punch a horse in a movie, you should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Um, and then speaking of that, did you watch the, uh, the top 11 NFL best college players? Uh, yeah. At halftime? Yeah. Where was Bo Jackson? I, I didn't see Bo on the old stage. He must have been uh, busy doing something. Yeah. I was, I was looking forward to seeing him on the stage, you know. Yeah. He was number three. I I probably would have had him maybe number two on my list. Yep. I agree with Jim Brown, man. Really? I, number one? I don't... That guy was just a dominant, dominant... I mean, you know... But you see, It's tough. I mean, you have what, you had 150 years of college players to pick from? I don't know. I you know? Him at number one... I, I Nothing against Jim Brown. I think Jim Brown... Is the greatest running back of pro football history, I in in my mind. But college, I I just don't know. I really don't know. Cause I mean, you I mean, you really haven't I guess watched any of his games either, right? Since right, you know, um, well, I haven't. <laughs> well, let's go. Well, let's go through the top eleven real quick. Jim Brown, number one. Herschel Walker, number two. Okay, no problem. I I can't disagree there. Bo Jackson, three. Archie Griffin, four. Jim Thorpe, 5, Red Grange, 6, Earl Campbell, 7, Dick Butkus, 8, Barry Sanders, 9, Gail Sayers, 10, and Roger Staubach was 11. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess because of all the stories I'd heard about Red Grange, I would have had him at number 1, but that's just me. I think Jim Brown would be top ten, but I don't. I don't think he would have been number one. Uh, but I guess, like you said, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to see or witness, right? So they must have. I don't know how they came up with it. They must have gone through stories and interviews or whatever, and gone to the schools. And I mean, 150 years. And I mean, here's something I didn't know about college football that I was I was watching uh, one of the games there. And I think it was Ohio State. And uh, yeah, Ohio State and Clemson, mm-hmm. and I'm like, huh? Why is there number twos? There's two number twos playing. Well, I guess you can have up to 120 college players, and I guess as long as they don't have the same number on the, you know, as offense, I was because I was just baffled. I was like, is it Chase Young too? Why is why is he on running back? Wait a minute, <laughs> you know? I mean, I watch a lot of college football. It just oh yeah. Now, they have just, the full list of the 150 greatest college football players online. Um, and I'll put the link in our Facebook group so everyone can see it. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, that's a heck of a task to go, you know, picking 150. 
different players. You know, with how many schools they have for how many years? Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to think over 10,000 players. At least. You know, who right? had Both? who made such an impact that they deserve to be in there? Yeah. That's, that's where it counts. It must have, maybe it also counted off, off the field too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you know, you look at some of these players now, and they're just beasts coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. But yeah. I like those lists; it makes people talk, right? Oh yeah. And then you get a look at the old highlights of how things were, right? I mean, and it's when I first saw the list, OJ Simpson is number twenty-five on that list. I yeah. thought he'd be in the top twenty. Just for what he did for USC. Yeah. And I'm glad that it's only college, not college and pros, because, you know, some of these yeah. players might not be on the list. But. Yeah, they had great college careers, but never got her going in the, right. in the NFL. Right. So. Um, I'll tell you, yesterday, um, with hockey, oh my gosh. My dad couldn't believe it because he was watching the Capitals game against the Islanders yesterday. Yep. And he had turned the game off at 4-1. to one. And I was in my room. I was watching uh, Monty Python on Netflix for those that, that cared about it. And then I kept getting the updates on my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, it's 4-4. Four, four. And then I see 5-4. And then it's 6-4. And then... Because I went to uh, a memorial service yesterday, and I was telling my dad, Caps came back and won that game, and he's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. They came back and won. Ovechkin had another hat trick. And he's like, you know, ah, poop. Cause, you I know, remember back, they were being up 5-1 in Washington, and Washington came back and won 6-5. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know? I mean... I, I keep telling them, it's why you shouldn't leave the game. You shouldn't leave watching the game. Yep. Uh, and speaking of hockey, if you look at the Pacific Division, there's five teams separated by one point. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And Vancouver finally made it in first place. Yeah, Vancouver is oh. at 58, and then Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, and Arizona are at 57 points. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a the trade deadline coming up with everything that's going on. I mean, one of those teams might not even make the playoffs. That's very possible. That that you know, is a very maybe two teams. Good I mean, the centrals the centrals going pretty good too. Very close from third to last. Like Dallas is at fifty eight. Winnipeg's fifty four. Chicago's fifty two. Nashville's fifty one. Minnesota's fifty. So those five, you know, they're really close at the moment for that third spot so they wouldn't have to, you know, try to fight in as a wild card. Yeah, right now, yeah, you got St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, and then you got Winnipeg at 54 and Chicago at 52. So, I mean, I mean, you could have five teams from the Pacific. Could have five you could have three teams from the Pacific, right? It's, you know, I mean, with that shootout now being – Essential or that extra point in overtime, and it's right. It's gonna be thirty some games left. Or was it? Or, yeah, well, thirty some games left. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if you did see. Did you see the highlights of Zach Cassian last weekend? No, I didn't. Out of Alberta? No. Uh, it's, they play on the 29th, and the NHL has said we will be there. Don't, don't do any shenanigans. Uh, right? But, but then they also play three, three days later. later. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know when the shenanigans are going to happen. Saturday night. Battle of Alberta. <laughs> when everybody's gone. <laughs> Is that an outdoor game? Nope. Ah. Now, I would have stayed up for that. Yeah. I would have stayed up for that. I'd have gone in and stay at work. You might want to stay up and watch that. The, the 29th, I, I don't anticipate anything. It, it'll be in Edmonton. But the the game on, would that be the 29th, 30th, 31st? The first will be, I think you're going to see something then. What's on the first? 
It's a Saturday. The second is a Super Bowl. No, I know, but who's playing on the first? Uh, Calgary Edmonton. So they play on the 29th. Might, you know what? The Saturday game might be the better chance for me. There would be because the NHL is headed out to Edmonton on the 29th to watch it live. So you know what happens? Everybody's going to be on their best behavior. Right? Come on. You think they're sticking around to... To the first to go to Calgary. To, I believe it's in Calgary to watch the game on the first on Saturday night. Hell no! You know what they're doing? They'll be back in New York, wherever they're you know wherever they're situated at. And that's where I think you might see some fireworks. They got oh, yeah. the NHL network. <laughs> right? Oh god! But, oh yeah, it's going to be. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So. um... While we have some time, um, we, we had promised you guys this a while ago, and we're going to get to it now. Because eventually, what JC and I are going to do, we are going to reveal our number one sports moment of the past decade. Because, let's, let's admit it, it was a very interesting 2010s for sports. Um... A lot of things happened, both good and bad. We saw a lot of records break, uh, championships galore, and what first time first time winners for sports. sports. Mm -hmm, exactly. So what we're, what we're gonna do is we'll go back and forth because uh, I don't know how many he has, and I don't know how many I'm gonna have. But eventually, we are gonna get to our number one sports moment of. The past decade. So, uh, JC, I'll start it with you. All right, uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll go five, I guess. All right, we'll do top five. Okay. Right. So, and this is from the whole the whole uh, last year's decade. So, my number five, because you know, big into hockey and stuff, is I guess is watching a couple teams win the Stanley Cup for the first time. Mm -hmm. Both St. Louis and Washington there, specifically. It was, uh, you know, those were fun runs to watch. And it'll be something that, you know, that you won't forget either, right? Oh, yeah. Obviously coming from Washington. Well, one of those seeds is going to be on my list. Um, just not going to tell you which one. <laughs> well, I think you guys know. <laughs> yeah. You know. So that'd be up. That'd be you know, my number five. Um, my number five, and I'm actually going to go outside of our comfort zone of the of the sports we talk about here. I'm going to go to golf, and I'm going to go with. It, it involves one individual, but it's two moments. But I think they're connected to me. Tiger Woods. Walking on the 18th, November 2018, with a sea of people behind him. You know, walking. It's as if you're watching one of those biblical epic movies. And just seeing that happen, and it's like, wow, there are people that still love this guy, you know? And then, for him, like, less than six months later... To win the Masters. The first time he's ever come from behind in a major to win a tournament. That was an incredible sight to see. And they had to push it up like that morning because they were going to get terrible weather that day. So yeah. him, I, I think those two combined are one moment for me. Yeah, I, I go there. Uh, that's my top five anyways. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> so Yeah, let's go to number four. Number four is I'm going with the uh, with the World Series winners, particularly watching Nationals win their first, uh, Astros, and then also the Chicago Cubs of how... Over, was it, 100 years that they had him won, and 
you know, with Steve Bartman and, you know, just everything that had to do with it, and then to watch him win, right, you see all, you saw really, you know, the old, old people all happy tearing up, right, the young people, and it was good, you know, I enjoyed that, right, watching the Astros win, which I guess now is kind of it, but I don't know, maybe that might get removed. I actually saw something cool, we could, we should start calling them this. I think we should start calling them the Houston Asterisks. Yep. I like that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, and then, and of course, watching Nationals win last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, it's nice to watch teams that have won it for the first time. Yeah. Um, all right. My number four, I, I'm, I think you're going to be surprised that this is at this low, but it is, is the Capitals' march to the Stanley Cup. Um. And the reason, because there's three moments that are bigger than this for me. Um, you know, watching the Caps since I was a little kid, and it's just every year, you know, you're like, okay, this is going to be it, this is going to be here, and they don't do it. And it was at the point where it's like, all right, I've just, I've got to accept it. It's never going to happen. And then they they beat Columbus. And then they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, where I went absolutely crazy. And then they have that terrific seven-game series with Tampa. It was a great series. And I never forget, J.C., the words out of my oldest nephew, the night of the seventh game. Because it was just me and my sister at my house. My parents, they had gone away. And he said to me, even if they don't win... It's the fact that they made it this far for the first time in 20 years. That's what's important. And I'm thinking to myself, and I love you. I'm like, I love you, but kid, you have no <laughs> idea what this means. And then, yeah. you know, Ovechkin makes that first goal, like a minute into the game, just sets the tone. And then we go to the to the finals with Vegas. And then... The defining moment of that entire series is that save, the save by Braden Holpe towards the end of the game. And I never forgot this. My dad's face, he had the greatest O face in the history of O faces. Like we were in silence and he's like, he stopped that? He stopped that? And I'm like, yeah, he did he couldn't believe it. And then, you know, they go on and they win the cup. It was a great moment. It was a great moment. Yeah. That, that was, it was, like I said, it's, I mean, I love hockey. I watch, you know, when my team's eliminated, hey, I'll watch. I'll watch right to the end. I wish I, mean, I, I have some invested money in also involved in there. But. <laughs> I, I wish I had taken that picture of his face. It was the greatest O face I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it would have been. Oh, hey, you know what? You live that long, you want to see your team eventually win, and when they do, or they see something that, and something like that could turn the whole team around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. All right. Uh, let's go to number three. My number three, as you mentioned before, would be Tiger Woods. Coming back, we the Masters. Yeah. We were, it's, it was lunchtime, and we were at work there, and someone threw it on the old TV, and we all watched it. It was... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, growing up following Tiger Woods and I play golf and stuff, you know, it was good to see coming from, you know, he won a few tournaments before that, I believe, and then, you know, he was closer, I forget which tournament that was, but, uh, I don't think it matters. And then the Masters. <laughs> no disrespect to that tournament. I thought it was another major where he was close. But yeah, there was like one or two where he was... Was it the U.S. Open or something? or That or the PGA Championship? Yeah. One of the two. You know, he was close, and you could tell the fans. And, you know, for a long time, people didn't like, I guess, Tiger Woods, disrespected Tiger Woods, just because, you know, he was so good. Everybody wanted to see him lose. Everyone wanted to see him lose, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's... the Like, you know, earlier I always said Americans hate to lose, and they hate to be cheated out of a win. Mm-hmm. But Americans also love to see, you know, a guy coming back from exactly from beat down, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it was great to see. Yeah, that's the and kind it was good of good for golf, and that's the kind hey, of stuff you can't wait. No, and you can't. And it was just, you know, everybody. I mean, you look at Facebook and the Twitter and the 
you know, people saying congratulations, right, and stuff, and, you know, and his kids could sit there and watch, and, you know, the, the greatest golfer ever, I would say, ever, Yeah. right, obviously, you know, you got Jack Nicholas and with the technology they had, right, so, you know, you get a, we'll have that debate, I think, one day, Yeah. you know, who's the greatest of each sport between guys now and guys back in the day, but that'd be my number three. All right. My number three, only one game made my top five, but this is a, this, this deserves to be in my, this deserves to be in it. Game seven, 2016 World Series, Indians and Cubs. The single greatest baseball game I have ever seen in my life. Watched that game from beginning to end. There, you couldn't, the drama was incredible. Because, you know, it's like you had these two clubs who haven't won a world title in forever. And it, you know someone is going to win. And I think most of America wanted the Cubs to win just so they can have that off their back. But Cleveland, you know, it's like both deserve to win it. They both had really good teams. And the game is so phenomenal. And when Cleveland comes back to tie it in the eighth with that Rajay Davis homer off of Araldis Chapman, it's like, oh, my God, the Cubs are going to blow it again. You know? And then when they get to extra innings, the rain comes in. It's like you can't you can't write this stuff. It's unbelievable. So the game gets delayed for like a half hour and you know, I'm watching it with my dad in his room and you know, it's the greatest baseball game I've ever seen and then the Cubs get a couple runs in the top of the 10th and then they get that last out to win and it's like Finally, you know, it's like the song Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Iron Maiden. The, the, there's a the one line towards the end. The curse has finally been lifted. That's what it was, you know. And that game is the great, the single greatest baseball game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting there on the couch watching that. I was just like, wow. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I stayed up for that whole... I didn't go to bed till about 1 o'clock that morning. Oh, yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, it's, it's one thing about baseball is you can stay up late and watch it. You can have a nap sometimes, too. You plan it out right. <laughs> you know. Uh, number two. Number two, I'll go some Canadian flavor. And uh, I guess the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Winning... Winning it all last year, and uh, I don't know if I can pronounce her name right, but Bianca Andresco or whatever, being the U.S. Open champ last year against Serena Williams. Just, uh, just the way the Raptors came in, you know, they got Kawhi Leonard, and everyone was thinking, well, you know, it's a lot to give up, but hey, if you can win a championship and you want to give up the farm, then hey, your job is done, right? Mm hmm you know, it was something, you know, yeah, the Raptors had, there's no LeBron, but that was his decision to leave, and the Raptors took advantage of it. You know, the Celtics didn't. They could have made trades, and, they, you know, I guess draft picks you want to hang on to. I don't know why. You got a chance to win, you, you got bench, you got to go for it. Yeah. Right, and then watching Bianca and everybody, like I said, Facebook again, laying up with it, especially up here for everybody that I know, right? Just like, yeah, she's in here, she's playing, whatever, and it was just... I guess two of the greatest Canadian stories from last year. I was glad that she won. I can't stand Serena. And you're hearing that from an American. I can't stand her. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, she is a great tennis player, right? And Bianca went in there, and it was just like, Aaron's not even giving her a chance. And she came out, and I don't know, I guess you can't really say she came out. She balled, I guess she tennis. Right. She ended up winning. So that's my number two. All right. My number two, I actually had a debate between three and two, but I think I'm I'm comfortable with my number two. The Nationals winning the World Series. Um, it, it's pretty simple. Um, go back, and it's a joke my dad and I make, but it's true. May 23rd, they were 19 and 31. 
And this team was basically given up for. They had fired their pitching coach like a couple weeks prior. There may be a chance the manager loses his job. But they managed to come back, clinch a wild card, win the wild card game in a bizarre fashion. I, I honestly think, and this is the honest truth, if Christian Yelich had been in that game, I don't think we win that game. I really don't. Yeah. And then they play the Dodgers. They beat the Dodgers in five. Then they sweep the Cardinals. And then they face the almighty Houston Astros. And a very good seven-game series. I watched every game. I, I might not have stayed up for the end of all of them, but I watched every game. And then just to see the Nationals, who really this whole decade, they had the team to win it, but they never got there. And this group of people, this team, is the one that does it. You know, it put baseball here in D.C. right in the forefront. And I never thought I'd see that, but it did. Uh, that's good, you know, and especially that franchise coming from Montreal, right? Exactly. You know, Pedro. I I gotta say real quick, Pedro. I love Pedro. He's like, you know, I'm so glad for the DC team, but this is also for the people of Montreal. I'm like, no, it's not. It's for us. Darn it. <laughs> well, you know, hey, some people just oh, our teams moved. Okay, I guess now we're national fans, right? I guess. Hey, okay. um, the Expos come back. Yeah. Um, no. Do you have an on? Do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I was gonna say I got a couple honorable mentions. Uh, one on the kind of the sour side of sports is tanking, uh, load management, you know, things like that. Yeah. You know, it's been discussed. You know, we really saw it this past decade, mm-hmm. right? Houston Astros. They, I mean, they were fielding AAA teams. Yeah. You know. Right, load management, mm-hmm. watching players, oh, I need to take a day off, right, with, you know. So, you know, that's on the, the sour side of sports. Uh, honorable mention for something that I saw, you want to talk about just one game, I wonder if I talk about one inning. And that'd be the Toronto Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers for mm-hmm. inning, for uh, seventh inning. Yep. The craziest inning I think I've ever seen in my life. Yep. You know, that was, I was, like, people were, again, we're at work there, and people are coming in asking, hey, what's that rule? What's that? I said, well, that's legal. As much as you want to hate it, it's legal. And then we all watched when Batista hit that home run, and the whole place was going nuts, and <laughs> we're all watching on, like, a cracked phone that was broadcasting the game. So that's my honorable mention for, you know, for a good and for a bad. And yours? I don't have any... Bad, but I I do want to bring up two. One that I found it's funny, but it has a good memory for me, and I don't know why. I'm I'm just gonna bring it up. Um, during the NCAA basketball tournament, I don't remember what year it was. It was the first round game, Baylor against Georgia Southern. I want to say if I got it wrong, I apologize. The coach's son makes a game-winning three-point shot, and as he se- like as he does, and the team is celebrating, the coach who had injured his ankle like the week prior because of the celebration, he falls, you know, butt backwards on the floor while celebrating. It's a funny moment, but I mean, you can't blame him. I mean. You know, your kid won the game for your team, basically, to to go to the next round. So, I I have to mention that. Um, My other moment... You know what? We're doing an honorable mention here. I'm going to say it anyway. The Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania ending. That was such big news when it happened. And it happened, you know, to Brock Lesnar, who is an an MMA fighter, you know. And it happened at a WrestleMania, it is the 30th WrestleMania. 
and it's like, oh my god, it happened. So, I, I have to mention that. Yep. All right. Yeah, that was it was interesting, right? When he lost. I, you know what? Real quick, I texted uh, one of my friends about it. Like, I was like, I can't believe it happened. And he's like, please don't spoil it for me. I'm on a trip in Mexico. I'm like, you SOB. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Now it's time for our number one. Our number yeah. for each of us. Our number one moment of the decade. My number one moment of the decade is when the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. I, I and not only going to be it. <laughs> uh, everyone's probably thought that was it. And remember, these are ours. These aren't you know. Yes. Everyone has their own. Uh, and watching the watching the season prior when they lost to Atlanta with that field goal, right? And mm -hmm. just the way the team was starting to roll, it was just like, you know, something's going to be special. And just, and I think what made that Super Bowl even better was that we beat one of our formal rivals mm -hmm. back in the AFC West days, yeah. Denver Broncos. And Denver to this day, the Bronco fans, they hate that. They absolutely, you know, they could have lost to any other team. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not to, they lost to the Seahawks. And, I mean, their, that defense was ferocious. But he had Marshawn Lynch running. Like, Russell Wilson there. And uh, Doug Baldwin just... Yeah, that's... Like I said, that's my number one. That's sort of the decade. It's something I'll live with forever. Yeah. You know, I have the videos and stuff. And even, like, that night I went to my buddies there. We had a few, few drinks and stuff. And, you know, then after that we... Party for a while. We had the Hulk Hogan theme song going on, and you know, ripping shirts and stuff, and just you know, it was great. And then I got to watch it a couple weeks later when I, you know, just sitting on the couch watching. And man, they hit hard. Yeah. You know, that was a hard-hitting defense, and you know, players were just like, ugh. So that's my number one. All right. Um, I'm I'm sure. A lot of people are surprised that my number one isn't anything to do with the Capitals or the Nationals, um, but there's a there's a specific reason for this, and I, I I sort of have to set this up. I have to set this up. When I was about eleven or twelve, I became a fan of horse racing because my dad loved horses, and he, you know he watched horse racing, so I started following horse racing. And I remember the first time I ever saw a chance at the Triple Crown was with Silver Charm in 97. And how it's like, oh, it had been 18 years, and it's like, oh, you know, this is going to happen. Didn't happen. And you have the next year, almost happens. And for a while, you know, there were some close ones. And then in 2014, I thought, okay... California Chrome's going to do it. He's the one. And it doesn't happen. So the following year, here's this horse. American Pharaoh comes in. The name is spelled wrong. I don't know how you misspell Pharaoh, but that's another story. About two weeks prior to the Belmont, and, and I've never told you this story, um... The Tuesday after Memorial Day, I come back from work, and we find out that a student at my school had died, was killed in a, in a car accident, and he wasn't even in the car. Um, this is a rough time for all of us, because this was unexpected, um, you know, and then we got involved, my family got involved. Because my mom had a plot of land that she'd been wanting, you know, to get rid of. And she gave it to this family who really had no money whatsoever. So that whole two weeks before the Belmont, you know, going through that, it's my 30th birthday. And, you know, we're still reeling over this kid dying. So we get to the day of the Belmont. I'm at my friend's house for her daughter's second birthday party. And I was so set on 
being at the nearest TV watching that race, to see that race. And a bunch of my friends came over into her kitchen. She came over. Her parents came over. We watched the race. And, I, you know, we're seeing American Pharaoh. He's coming to the finish line. And he crosses. And he wins. You know, the curse is over. You know, this, is, this was the decade where all curses died, basically. And as soon as he crossed, I yelled out a big yes. And then I went down on my knees and I cried. I cried. Because this one thing I've wanted since I was 11 finally happened. And, you know, I to me to this day, and if you believe in, you know, spirits and all of that and guardian angels, you know, I... To me, I believe that day there was a guardian angel there watching over me and my family. And I finally got to see a Triple Crown winner for the first time. And I never forget, one of my friends is like, are you okay, Bill? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, <laughs> you know. But it was just the, the, that whole two weeks and all the emotions and... American Pharaoh, you know, finally being the one to do it. That, to me, was the moment of the decade. No other sport moment could have ever topped that. You know, even if Jim Thorpe had come back from the grave to run a football team and win a Super Bowl, it would have never topped American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown. Yeah. That just meant so much to me. And then we got another one three years later, and I didn't cry for that one. So, you know. That was a, yeah, that was. Yeah. But it's the hey, first one. Once they come in bunches, it's, you know. But it's that first one. That's the one, yeah. you know, that you remember for the rest of your life. So. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I guess, guess we'd, we'd like, like to, to, I don't know, we'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some of your favorite moments of the decade. decade. Yes. We'll throw something up there on our page. Mm -hmm. And we'll read them next, next episode. Yep. And also next episode, we are going to do our first ever Sports Royal Rumble. Where yes. JC and I, we're going to pick from a crop of athletes that you guys nominated. And we're going to pick them. We're going to pick our 30 at random. So, And of course, just to remind everyone, no video game players, no horses allowed. So, anybody yeah. else could be in it. Um, anybody. Anybody. Plus, uh, we'll talk about the results of the Baseball Hall of Fame voting from this week and so, so much more. Of course, you can join our Facebook group. It is the JC and Bill Sportscast. That's what you got to type in to get in, and we'll let you in. We're pretty, you know, we're pretty easy as far as letting people in. Just... Invite yourself in, we'll let you in. It's pretty yeah. easy. Join our polls, stuff like that. Got memories, whatever moments you, want to, you might want discussed. Yes. Throw it on there. We're up open for suggestions. There. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will talk to you all next time as we will prepare ourselves, or at least JC and I will, for the first ever Sports Royal Rumble. We'll talk to you guys next week. You guys have a good day and uh, enjoy football. football.